We went to... Yeah, how was your hike? Well, we actually went to Beckley Creek Park, and Mm -hmm. um, there really wasn't a hike. We just parked and then went down to the creek. We swam in there for a little bit and hung out. Had um, We brought, like, fried chicken and... Melody got leeches. Kentucky fried... Oh my... What? Yeah, they're turtle leeches. I don't know what... Hold on, I'm gonna Google. Yeah. Because I don't know what turtle leeches are. These look terrifying. They, like, when they're babies, they're really thin, and they look a little bit like, like, hay a little bit. Yeah. And they were... all over her feet. They were stuck to her sandals because she went walking in the creek with her sandals. So what? They stick to turtles? Yeah, They so they can They do this thing where they stick to the turtle shell and shell. Then they bore their way through. Aww. Yeah. So not a fun Poor thing turtles. to have on your feet. Yeah. 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 Um, does she get them all off? Yeah. Okay. Thank I checked goodness, myself afterwards is... too. Everybody was like checking themselves. Double checking. Yeah. Today I've got Benvolio Italia Prosecco. Wonderful. I drank the Bruce Rose, the Barefoot Pride Collection one. Oh yeah. It was That's good. So good. I liked I that. I loved it. Yeah. I normally don't really like rosés because they're um, they're more dry than I would prefer. Yeah, but this one wasn't dry. The Pride one, it's not dry. It's so good. It's- and, and it's really sweet. But it, like, was dry, but it was, like, the perfect amount of dry yes. and sweet, and it was great. Wonderfulness. Yes. There's going to be a pop. Yeah. I hope this doesn't explode all over everything. Do you have a towel in case? No. Hold on. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> That was the most muffled pop I have ever heard. (laughs) It's a um, Prosecco silencer. Oh, lovely. Yes, yes. um, Today, Grace is drinking, and I am not, because you just drink straight out of the bottle. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, it was a bad idea. It was all bubbles. And you got bubbles up your nose. And I am already super tipsy because I had two margaritas from a Mexican place. Ooh, wow. Is it good? But also my tastes are different. Would I like it? That's good. It's good. Good. That's good. Oh, I've got a video Mm. that I want to send you. Connor made me record this and he wants me to upload it to TikTok and YouTube. Okay. All right, I've sent it. Um, hold on, I'm going to Facebook now. 
full screen this, why don't we? It's three seconds. <laughs> That's okay. Alright, here is the web address for mine. And oh, the yeah. lovely. Yeah, it's just, great, isn't it? <laughs> Let me just slam open the door so and walk out. Body. Oh, I can't hear this. Oh, sound. you can't hear. It. You need. That's because it's muted. There we go. Yes. Yes. For anyone who <laughs> can't hear it, which is everyone, um, it's my brother coming out of a porta potty while Smash Mouths. Um, Somebody once told me the world was always rolling. All-star. Yeah. <laughs> While Smash Mouth's all-star <laughs> plays, and as soon as it's like somebody, and he comes out of the porta potty porta potty Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, it's gold. All right. It's fantastic. Let's look at it this. It is fantastic. I assume we're going to keep the banter about the leeches. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I should be like, hey, uh, leech talk coming up. Sorry. <laughs> Leech talk. It's kind of gross. Do not look them up. Um, yeah. I mean, they're pretty interesting, but... They are pretty interesting, but I just kind of cringe because they go through a turtle show. We also saw a bunch of crawdads. Okay, but those are kind of cool looking. Noah was terrified. He saw one and he said, oh my god, I found a scorpion. <laughs> oh, it was great. Noah. Poor Noah. He's just like the topic of this episode is Noah. I mean... Noah. Noah. Uh, no. Um. No ha. <laughs> no ha. Okay. Okay. So, we're gonna get some seriousness in here now. Okay. I'm Rachel. I'm Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we are Myths and Misfortunes. Yeah, we're a paranormal and true crime podcast. And each week we pick somewhere in the world and base our stories on that place. And or surrounding areas. Sisu. This week. Where are we? This week we are in the small village of Greenwich. Greenwich. With Greenwich? Yes. Yeah, sure. Greenwich. <laughs> I know. I know. Greenwich. It looks like Greenwich, whatever. Uh, Greenwich, which is a neighborhood on the west side of Manhattan in New York City. The name comes from the Dutch word. I did not look this up. (laughs) (laughs) I should have looked this up. Uh, Greenwich? Greenwich? Hold on. Google's going to be our best friend. How's it spelled? G-R-O-E-N-W-I-J-C-K. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay, look. Grigic. Google is not even pulling anything up. So. Hold on. Groenwich. You said that's Dutch? Dutch. Groenwich. 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 Grindvik. Grondick. 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 Okay. Grondick. <laughs> so it comes from the German Dutch word Grondick. Grondick. All right. <laughs> Grondick. 
let's not. Okay. Meaning green district, but was then anglicized. Did you play it again? Cut this, sorry. (laughs) Okay, so again, like I told you, this is a short history. Um, My sources were Wikipedia. That's it. That's the way to do it. In the 16th century, natives referred to the furthest, farthest northwest corner as Sepokani Khan, or Tobacco Field. Oh, okay. The land what, what? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. I'm just glad there was a little bit in here about Native Americans, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, the land was then cleared and turned into pasture by Dutch and freed African settlers in 1630, who named their settlement Northwick. The English then took over the settlement in 1664 in Greenwich. 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 Greenwich, Philip. 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 Greenwich Village developed as a separate hamlet from the larger New York City. So, I'm going to quote Wikipedia directly because I love this sentence so much. In the 20th century, Greenwich was known as an artist's haven, the bohemian capital, the cradle of the modern LGBT movement, and the East Coast birthplace of both the beat and 60s counterculture movements. That's Atlas. Oh, okay. I was like, um, somebody being murdered? Cool. That's my dog. That's what he sounds like when he's happy. Cool. Okay, so basically Greenwich is where we would want to live in New York. Unless your story is just utterly don't live here because a bunch of people were murdered. No. (laughs) You'll see. We'll talk about it. Okay, well, speaking of this, by the way, end of history... What actually is your story? Because I don't think you necessarily told me. Uh, Stonewall. Stonewall. Well, kind of. And I know nothing about Stonewall. Stonewall. Stonewall? Yeah. It, okay. Are you, was that, was that it? That was it? Oh, wow. I told you, short history. Wow. Okay, so, since it's, like, Gay Pride Month, and I actually realized that I never mentioned on here that I am a queer person. Yes, you are. And I, I don't know why, I, I just didn't even think that... You just kind of assumed people would know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But... I mean... I, I don't know, I just didn't think about it. Um, so, since it's Pride Month, I had originally planned on covering Stonewall for today's episode, because I think it's important and relevant, especially in yes. today's climate. But, um, as of when we're recording this... Two black trans women, Dominique Fells and Rhea Milton, have been killed in the past week. And I figured... Oh, no. Yeah, and I figured gay pride wouldn't even be a thing if it weren't for the gay and trans women of color who began the gay liberation movement. Yeah. For starters, there's Stormy DeLarvery, a mixed butch lesbian who's considered to be the Rosa Parks of the gay community because she's Mm -hmm. thought to be the first person to fight back against police the first night of the Stonewall riots. There's also Miss Major Griffin Gracie, a black trans feminist who was arrested at Stonewall and went on to be the executive director of the Transgender 
gender variant intersex justice project, which supports. That's a mouthful. Sorry. That is a mouthful. (laughs) Honestly, that's why I was saying, oh, wow, because I could not say that right now. Uh, Which supports transgender women who've been imprisoned, particularly women of color in California. Mm-hmm. There's Sylvia Rivera, a Puerto Rican drag queen who co-founded STAR, which is Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, and they would provide food and shelter to homeless queer youth to, uh, and help further trans rights. And a lot of people hopefully know the other co-founder of STAR, Marsha P. Johnson, who I'm going to cover today. I was going to say, I do not, and I feel horrible for not knowing. Well, it's a thing... Um, Schools don't cover this. Yeah, and that's probably why I don't. Yeah, and um, honestly, a lot of people, especially queer people, have to do their own research and figure out, like, how we basically started getting rights. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest people that people hear about is Marsha P. Johnson, and I will tell you why. Please do. I would love to know. (laughs) Um, so I forgot to read my sources. My sources are Wikipedia, uh, blackpass.org, USA Today, uh, vogue.co.uk, bostonmobilization.org, a a documentary on Netflix entitled The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson, and newyorktimes.com. So... Mm -hmm. The fifth of seven children, Marsha P. Johnson was born August 24th, 1945, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, to Malcolm Michael Sr. and Alberta Michaels. At just five years old, Johnson started wearing dresses, but stopped because the other children made fun of her and became aggressive. Um. Yeah. Um, there is a extremely, extremely brief mention of sexual assault. That might be triggering for some listeners, so if that pertains to you, I'd advise you fast forward, like, 20 to 30 seconds. Okay. There's that, that option on most podcasts. Good things. Good warning, because do not fast forward the entire... Yeah. Um, Johnson was also sexually assaulted by a 13-year-old neighbor when she was young. No. That's all the information that we have on that. Um, she attended an African Methodist Episcopal Church as a child, and she remained devoutly religious later in life. In an interview I watched, Marcia said that the only man she ever married was Jesus when she was 16, because that's the only man she could ever trust enough. So, and huh? One, that's horrible. That's sad. That that's the only, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, two, I'm so glad she has that faith. Yeah. Um, so, after graduating from Thomas A. Edison High School in 1963, Marsha promptly made her way to Greenwich Village in New York with just $15 and a bag of clothes. After arriving in New York, she alternated between going by her given name, Michael, Michael, Malcolm Michaels Jr. and Black Marsha. She officially changed her name after 1966 to Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha, I guess because, I don't know. She liked the name? That's a good name. Um, Johnson was after a restaurant um, that was Howard Johnson's on 42nd Street. And when people would ask her what the P stands for, she would always say it stood for pay it no mind. 
it was like a, a response to anyone who questioned whether <laughs> she was male or female because she hated being asked that. Yeah. And understandable, too. Fantastic. Absolute legend. Um, I also want to mention at the time that the term transgender wasn't widely used. So um, Marsha only used, like, she used the only language that was available to describe her identity. So she referred to herself as a transvestite, gay, and a drag queen. And she did use she, her pronouns, although she did dress as a man sometimes. To be fair... Technically, dressing as a man is t-shirt and jeans and yeah, but what I wear most of the time. Right, but back then it was way different, especially for gay people. Yeah. And I'll actually get into that later. Okay. So, since she had no money, she got a job waitressing, but didn't get a lot of money from that. So, she, so to survive, she started working as a sex worker. And she was often arrested, and she said she stopped counting after the hundredth time. Like, she was arrested so many times. She was arrested because of the sex work? Yes. And, um... an honest way to make a living. It is. We need to... Normalize yeah. And, um, once in the late 1970s, she said she was even shot. No! It wasn't totally clarified if she was shot by the police. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was saying. Either that or, uh... Or one of the people who procured her services. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she was known for being so full of life and for flamboyant outfits and wigs. She wore red plastic heels, shimmering robes and dresses, costume jewelry, bright wigs. And she wore this, these, like, beautiful, uh, flower crowns. Yeah. And sometimes they, they would have fruit in her wigs. It was... Fantastic. And all of this became part of her, like, drag queen persona. I'm Googling. Yeah, go for it. I was gonna oh add a picture, God. but I forgot. Yeah. I love this floral crown that she's wearing. It's I know exactly fantastic. who you're talking about now. Yeah. That's my issue. I remember faces, not names. Yeah. So, um, most of her outfits were actually assembled from, like, scavenged or discarded materials, because she didn't have much money. Mm-hmm. But... She is fantastic. She um, is fantastic. These are so vibrant colors. I love them. Okay, so, continue. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was drinking. Being gay or gender non-conforming was much harder back then. Yep. Uh, people in the LGBT community frequented gay clubs, like now, um, because they often became a kind of community it's like the only place that they could be themselves and feel safe and like i said it's still really common Mm -hmm. but in the 60s the persecution of gay people and criminalization of their activities were still common same sex holding hands kissing and dancing in public was prohibited and the state liquor authority banned bars from serving gay people alcoholic beverages arguing that the mere gathering of homosexuals was disorderly police frequently raided gay bars and would arrest anyone who was considered to be cross-dressing like people would literally be charged with sexual deviancy for cross-dressing there was this like three-piece rule where um yeah women in these bars when uh police would come in they would have to be um basically 
women had to be wearing at least three pieces of women's clothing, and if they were wearing anything considered to be men's clothing, they would be arrested. Stuff like that. What <clears throat> three pieces were preferred? Any. Any? They had to be wearing three pieces of women's clothing. So probably like bra, skirt, blouse. Bra, skirt, blouse. So yes, yeah. a cop is just going to come up and... Are you wearing a bra? Um, we'll get into it. Oh, great. And this is where the Stonewall Inn comes in. Marsha frequented the Stonewall and became a huge part of the community. So, the Stonewall Inn was located at 53 Christopher Street, Greenwich Village, Manhattan, New York City. You know. Mm-hmm. It was one of the only gay bars where patrons were actually allowed to dance together, and it accepted drag queens who weren't really accepted at other gay bars. But, more importantly, like most other gay bars, it was owned by the Mafia. That's yeah. very common. It Yeah, it really... In- not just gay bars, <clears throat> just bars in general. Yeah, but so raids were really common, um, but usually corrupt cops would tip off mafia-run bars before yeah. they happened, so that the owners could like stash out any alcohol if they didn't have a liquor license or hide any other illegal activities or get out if they needed to. Yeah, um, and. The NYPD had actually stormed Stonewall in just a few days before um, all of this, so when the police came back so soon, tensions were high, especially because the bar wasn't tipped off this time. Is that it's here from your end? <coughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, is that my sister? Is she rocking out to something in her very tipsy state? Look, she said that she was level 10 tipsy. Okay. <laughs> That's strong, honey. That's strong. It's this this girl on a golf cart. She drives around the neighborhood blasting music. Why? Because <clears throat> she's she doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, teach their own, but oof, honey. <laughs> okay. Police officers entered the club, uh, roughed up patrons, and finding bootleg. Blue. Blue. Blue leg. Bootlegged alcohol. Arrested 13 people, including employees and people considered to be violating the state's gender-appropriate clothing statute. Uh-huh. This is so wrong. Um, female officers would take sus- those who were suspected of violating that statute to the bathroom to check their sex. Very fucked up. Yes, it is. So the rest of the patrons and some of the neighborhood residents hung around, becoming increasingly agitated. They were pissed off. Well, yeah. Rightfully, obviously. Obviously. They were, they were constantly facing police harassment and discrimination, and they were consistently brutalized at the hands of police. And at one point, an officer hit a lesbian thought to be Stormy Delivery over the head as he forced her in the, into the police van. She shouted to the people surrounding them, why don't you guys do something? So they did. What'd they do? They started to throw pennies, uh, bottles, cobblestones, and other stuff at the police. Anything and they could find? Anything they could find. And it didn't take long for it to become a full-on riot involving hundreds of people. Uh, yeah. The f- police actually started retreating. They took a few prisoners and they barricaded themselves inside the inn. And this is the first time that police had actually retreated, so 
like they didn't have the upper hand for the first time because they were outnumbered and people were fighting back and i can't even imagine how powerful that must have felt for everyone who's fighting back Mm -hmm. um marcia p johnson was at a party a few blocks away and heard about what was happening at stonewall and joined in as you do so she's often thought to be the first one who threw a brick um but she said that's not true. She wasn't even there originally. She didn't get there until 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. She definitely wasn't there if she didn't get there until 2. Right. Uh, somehow, and it's not quite clear how it started, but the inn caught on fire. Oh, no. That's Some people good. said it was the crowd. Some people said it was the police. But um, I doubt it was the police because they had barricaded themselves inside and there was only one exit. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the fire department and a squad, a riot squad were eventually able to put out the fire and disperse the crowd, but the next day the protest started up again. This is one of the biggest moments that Marsha's remembered for. The second night of protest, she climbed a lamppost and dropped a bag with a brick on it, on top of, um, in it, on top of a cop car, and shattered the windshield. Okay, I'm glad you didn't say person because I was like, oh my god, that's gonna kill someone. No, no. Uh, she okay. shattered the windshield. The The drag queens were the ones who were on the front lines of Stonewall, and yeah. so much of this has been erased because of their gender non-conforming presentation, which is not okay. Yeah. So, the Stonewall riots lasted five days, and it was that force that pushed forward, uh, LGBT political, LGBT plus political activism, which led to so many gay rights organizations. There's the Gay Liberation Front, Human Rights Campaign, GLAAD, PFLAG, just to name a few. Marsha actually became part of the Gay, gay Liberation Front, who sought political action and protection for citizens based on their sexual orientation. Stonewall also led to the Pride Parade, which a lot of people know, but, mm-hmm. um, What's left out is that often a lot of the drag queens, especially the drag queens of color, were pushed to the back of the march to make Why? it more to make it more palatable. They said, like Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson were actually banned at one point because basically the people who organized it said that the drag queens gave them were gave a bad look give a bad look yeah look the drag queens look better than most women i know so i mean whatever <laughs> you know i'm right <laughs> but well, the thing is like it's just it's really shit because drag queens transgender women they were all at the forefront they were on the front lines and mm-hmm. they were just completely erased and it's bullshit. It's not it even is. about whether how they look or anything. It's about the fact that they were out there trying to give everybody rights, and then they just kept the community turned pushed. around on them. Yeah, it's fucked up. It is. So after Stonewall, Marcia and Sylvia Rivera became sort of leaders. People really looked to them, and this is when they founded Star. Um, Star was the first LGBT youth shelter in North America, 
and the first organization in the U.S. Less led by trans women of color, according to the Global Network of Sex Work Projects. Mm-hmm. It was really a community. Is there somebody in your room? No. It's not I swear I heard somebody talk. No? I mean, I'm right by the vent now, so I mean, it's possible you heard it okay. through the vent. I don't... Okay, never mind. I will listen back and tell you, look, me and my father just had a conversation about my aunt who has to now cleanse her house because she and my cousin, my youngest cousin, had this same nightmare about a hellhound coming out of the closet. The same closet, which, by the way, every time I have house sat, opens up by itself. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it was really a community. Sylvia Rivera once said, quote, Star was for the street gay people, the street homeless people, and anybody that needed help at that time. Marsha referred to anyone they brought into the home Star used um as children and she was referred to as like the queen mother or the drag mother because obviously because she was a drag queen but also because there was a sort of like matriarchal structure in the star house yes so that they wouldn't have the sort of patriarchal structure of having a man as the head of the household uh well thankfully While being interviewed for a book in 1972, Johnson said her ambition was to see gay people liberated and free and to have equal rights that other people in America, oh, that other people have in America with her gay brothers and sisters out of jail and on the streets again. Also in 1972, as the face of the resistance, Marsha performed around the world with a really popular drag theater company, Hot Peaches. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It really does. And Andy Warhol uh, actually featured her in a 1975 screen print portfolio of drag queens and transgender people at the nightclub Gilded Grape. Mm -hmm. In 1980 was a big year for Marsha. She was invited to ride in the lead car of New York's annual gay pride parade. And she actually began living in the home of a close friend, uh, gay activist Randy Wicker in Hoboken. She cared for Wicker's lover, David Combs, before he died of AIDS in 1990. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she, she did suffer from mental illness, which meant that she suffered breakdowns and quite often. And she actually spent time in and out at psychiatric hospitals. Mm-hmm. But she never relented from her fight to promote gay civil rights. Good. That's really Yeah, good. and she was an HIV-AIDS activist, and in 1992, she actually announced that she had been HIV-positive since 1990. That was a big announcement. It was, and... Especially, especially during back the time. Then, especially back then, it was big. And honestly, even hearing it today, sometimes it's really big. Um, yeah. But back then, especially because it was just after the entire epidemic and during everything like i that's a when whole other topic freaking out about aids and it, the relation with hiv and yeah yeah it it's such a huge topic i wish i could get into it um another day <laughs> another day on july 6 1992 actually you know what let me just say this real quick um there is such a stigma with hiv aids and it 
killed so many people for so long and our government let it happen. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. There's still such a stigma when Mm -hmm. you have it these days and when you get diagnosed and people feel a lot of shame around that and I don't think they should. No, they really shouldn't. But I just wanted to say that um, because it just makes me mad. Okay, a lot of things make me mad. (laughs) I feel like... uh, Okay. You've been in a constant state of anger for the past, like, two months. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So, on July 6th, 1992, at the age 46... Shortly after the 1992 Pride Parade, Marsha P. Johnson was found drowned in the Hudson River near the Christopher Street Piers. No. Yes, I heard that, but no. Yeah. um, Although a witness who found her body said that there was a wound on her head, the police quickly ruled her death a suicide without any forensic evidence to support the claim. Of course they did. Yeah. Family, friends, and people in the community were like, Absolutely not. No. Locals felt it was obvious that law enforcement wasn't interested in investigating Johnson's death because they viewed her as just another gay black man and didn't Mm -hmm. want anything to do with it. Yep. Marsha was cremated and following a funeral at a local church, friends released her ashes over the river. Police actually allowed 7th Avenue to be closed while her ashes were carried to the river. According to Sylvia Rivera, uh, their friend Bob Kohler believed that Marsha had committed suicide to, due to an ever-increasing increasing fragile state, which Rivera completely disagreed with, yeah. claiming that her and Johnson had made a pact to cross the River Jordan together, which to them was the Hudson River. Yeah. Um, and those who were close to Marsha considered the death suspicious. Many claim that while she did have mental illness, it didn't manifest itself as suicidal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say, is that mental illness is such a prominent thing, especially in LGBTQ. Yeah, and it's such a wide spectrum. Yeah. Yes. It's so common for people who are LGBT plus to have mental illness, and and a lot of it does present itself as suicidal. It does, but... In her case, it didn't, and people, everyone she knew, other than, like, a f- very few people said that, so. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, former New York politician Tom Duane fought to reopen the case because usually when there's a death by suicide, the person leaves a note. Usually, yeah. Usually, yeah, and she didn't leave a note. In November of 2012, activist Mariah Lopez succeeded in getting the New York Police Department to reopen the case as a possible homicide. After the NYPD reopened the case, the police reclassified Johnson's case of death from suicide to undetermined. Well, that's a step. In 2016, trans rights activist for Victoria Cruz of New York City Anti-Violence Project reopened the case and succeeded in gaining access to previously unreleased documents and mm-hmm. witness statements. Oh. Oh. Yes. She, so she's, like, sought out new interviews with witnesses, friends, activists, and police who had worked the case or who had been on the force at the time. Mm-hmm. None of those officers would speak to her. 
absolutely none of them when she called she called two of them one of them was like absolutely not and hung up on her yeah crotchety old men now um several people (laughs) several people came forward to say they had seen johnson harassed by a group of men who had also robbed people Mm. According to Randy Wicker, a witness saw a neighborhood resident fighting with Marsha on July 4th, 1992, two days before her death. During the fight, he used a homophobic slur and later bragged to someone at a bar that he had killed a drag queen named Marsha. But this information never made it to police. He did or it. Or if it did, if it did, they chose to ignore it. They, no, they definitely there chose was, to ignore it. Yeah, and... The documentary, Victoria Cruz, actually called somebody who was on, currently on the police department, and they, he was the one who was working on the case, and he said, I've never heard this. This isn't in our records. There's nothing in the report. Nothing. But is it possible that if they had heard it, they didn't record it? Probably. Yeah. So, while it um, might not be in the records now, back then... Mm. I doubt they even wrote it down. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, so I mean, CD stuff used to happen all the time, especially with the. I mean, like you said, the mafia. They had. We'll get there too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she even obtained a Marsha's autopsy after okay. a lot of effort, but there wasn't really any anything in it to confirm it as a homicide. Um, no. There was no mention of a wound on her head. Uh, there was just regular decomposition for being in the water for two days. But was this a police mortician that did the autopsy? No, the person that they went to, so there was a, um, they had photos and the, uh, autopsy, Mm -hmm. and they took it, I'm pretty sure he was, um, outside, somebody who worked outside the police department, um, or at least if he, I don't know, but... He said, he went through and he looked through and he's like, there was no wound on her head. The only thing, the only thing was, um, like a laceration on her cheek. And that was probably from hitting something in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if there was no, like, blood or pus from. Yeah. But there were, like, no ligature marks, no bruising, like, nothing obvious that would show any there was any sort of struggle or a fight. Mm-hmm. During the interviews and research, Victoria Cruz found some pretty interesting clues that pointed to foul play and hints of a cover-up. It was suggested that the mafia had been involved and that it might have had something to do with Randy Wicker because he was trying to... Um, the Pride Parade was basically run by this one group, mm-hmm. and um, he thought they were owned by the mob, and he's like, let's remove them from being able to work on Gay Pride and, you know, have actually, like, LGBT plus people working on it. Yeah. And they actually, she actually recovered this um, voicemail. It was a transcript of a voicemail in which um, somebody said, Randy Wicker needs to back off unless he wants to end up like Marsha. Oh. Yeah. Um. So that kind of suggests something. Um, she tried to get, um, it was either a police report or um, something, but it 
was missing, like, and with no record of it being removed or anything. It was just gone. Yeah. Which also suggests a cover-up. It does. It does indeed. So, Victoria's investigation was filmed by David France for the 2017 documentary, Life and Death, uh, The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. The documentary ends with Victoria being unable to determine Marsha's death as a homicide, and she sends all of the evidence she's gathered to the FBI. Mm -hmm. As of today, Marsha P. Johnson's death is still undetermined. That is... It's, yeah. It's really disappointing. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, well, yeah, because especially if she wasn't actually suicidal, like, there's a difference between mental mental illness and being suicidal. Absolutely. And um, with the, there were, ugh, one of the stories that people told was that they saw, like, two men chasing Marsha down, um, down the, that pier. Mm-hmm. On the 4th of July. And so they think that she might have been running from them. And that pier, the part um, that she went in, it was, it was really unsafe at that time. And they think that if she might have run down a certain part that near where she, her body was found, yeah. then it's possible that she might have just fell in and she might have drowned. So that's just one of the theories. I was going to say it's a possibility, but just, just no. I know. But, okay, so being black, poor, gay, gender non-conforming, and HIV positive, Marsha knew what it was like to be marginalized. Yes. Um, yes, she But did. it was said that she was a beacon of love, hope, and acceptance in the face of so much oppression. Donald Bell of Chicago, a former dean of students at several colleges, said Stonewall called attention to a group of people who lacked basic rights. He said, quote, that's why Marsha's visibility and advocacy remain important. She had a number of others, uh, she and a number of others who lived at the intersection between racism and homophobia were political agitators that helped advance the mindset of society. And this is why intersectionality and activism is so important. So much of what she fought for still hasn't been achieved. At least 26 transgender and gender nonconforming people were killed in the United States last year according to the Human Rights Campaign, with some outlets reporting higher numbers, potentially 40-plus. Yeah. 40-plus? Yeah. That's a relatively large number. Yeah. Um, transgender individuals, especially trans people of color, are constantly harassed and even murdered for just being cells. I literally read a post on Facebook today about someone here in Louisville going to pick up a package and when they had to show their ID, the man behind the counter started questioning their gender and began antagonizing them. People yeah. are more closed-minded today than they really should be. They are. Is this the 21st century? It's, it's awful. It is horrible. And recently on June 12th, on the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, during Pride Month, during a pandemic, the Trump administration reversed transgender health protections, meaning that the federal government no longer recognizes discrimination by doctors, hospitals, and health insurance companies based on gender identity as discrimination. We are just taking a thousand steps backwards. It's, it's such a huge step back. It's awful. Like... Please educate yourself, guys. We don't learn this shit in school, but we should. Like, we don't, but we should. 
we have to do our own research and it's important that we recognize the people who came before us who wanted to, us to just be ourselves without discrimination and it's important that we continue their legacy. Absolutely and I never knew anything about Marsha P. Johnson yeah. but like I said I had always seen her picture. I knew she was I a part of the activist movement. Ago. Yeah and that's something that's so crazy to me because I mean, we hear so much about men in history. We hear about certain females, but we never hear about black trans leaders. You rarely hear about any black leaders, let alone black trans leaders. Exactly. Especially black trans women. Yes. It's oof. It's, it's, It's horrible because... They've had such an impact on our country and all the other co- countries, too. Exactly. And it's like, just just ignore them. They don't exist. No, we're not going to ignore it. Also, Breonna Taylor's killers still have not been arrested, so let's just talk, uh, mention that real quick. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, yeah. And if they're arrested by the time this comes out next week, I'll be very happy. But we've been protesting for over two weeks. It's been a while. And nothing. We've got, we've, they've passed Brianna's law, which means no more, uh, no knock warrants, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But they still haven't been arrested. Yeah. I, I think it's because they can't pin it on one person. They need to arrest all three of them yeah all three of them yep because they agree. all shot into that all shot into that apartment i would agree i would agree and there's some forensic evidence that they can do to determine you know looking at each of their guns to determine whose was the one and they have it i'm pretty sure um one of them shot more than the others, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Because one of them was shot in the leg. And all of but all of them shot into that apartment, which went into a nearby apartment where there was a pregnant woman. So yeah. Which is even well, I mean it's it's all bad, but which is really, really bad. It's awful. It's mm. it's horrible. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go on a rant for this for like a million years if we don't Move on. Move on. Let's get to the funnier, creepier part of the podcast. I don't know about funnier. The um, creepier. I think it's funny. Definitely. I think certain parts. I'm going to laugh at certain parts. I'm just going to have to so that I don't freak myself out, out before I go to bed. Look. Okay. Dear. Okay. So, guys, my story. What's your story, is, Rachel? <laughs> it's Dear David, the wonderful Twitter story that we heard from Twitter user Moby dickhead moby dickhead um, it's the best fucking twitter handle i've ever the seen best twitter handle also i want to apologize for talking very quickly through all of that i just when i get angry i just have to keep on talking like i cried three times while i was I writing that so i was like mad had to get through it <sighs> back to the wonderfully horribly creepy dear david story I wonder if this is like Bloody Mary, say it three times and he pops up in your dream. Um, I hope not. I hate you and I'm gonna try it right now. (laughs) Got a mirror right here. (laughs) God, I can't, I I hate, sometimes I really hate looking at myself in a mirror because 
I listen to a lot of creepy shit, so sometimes I think about this that one creepy pasta about that um, that person who like would look in the mirror and then they would turn away, but their reflection would turn away. Kept looking at them. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many YouTube videos about that. So sometimes when I look in the mirror, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. So. Yeah, needless to say, I have moved all but one mirror out of my room. (laughs) It really bothers me while I'm working, because it's, like, right there. Right there, And, like, I'm listening to this creepy shit, and I'm like... Yeah. Nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, David. so, that, yes. (laughs) Okay, so, Moby, dickhead, is a guy by the name of Adam... Ellis, who is actually a relatively well-known comic artist, like, and I literally never knew this guy created these comics, but now I do, and I spent so much time Friday looking at his comics. At the comics, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On Twitter, on Instagram, it was horrible. I wasted so much time, but I love them. Um, For those of you who are wondering... You can find his comics by searching Books of Adam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so there's that. Um, (laughs) On to the story. My sources are wakelit.com, which is the link that I sent to you. Oh, yeah, let me... Yeah, go on. Follow follow me with this. Fuck, that's fucked up. Yes, that first picture. And also... Bustle.com. So, I do have to say, I went to his Twitter account first, because mm-hmm. obviously this is a Twitter, you know, no Twitter story. Yeah. Every, yeah, everyone knows it's Twitter. But, Twitter would not allow me to scroll past June of 2018, and it took me... Did you really go scrolling? I did. <laughs> I told you there was a link on Bustle. <laughs> I did. I went scrolling. But... See, and I don't remember you telling me there was and a link And you can actually bustle. find the link to the Twitter thread if you look for it. No, some of the Twitter, um, like, the things have been deleted. Really? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, okay. it's kind of weird. Um, but anyway, it took it took me forever to find the wakelet.com, which I'm so glad I did, because it is the oh. entire thread. Real quick, suggestion. Yes. yes. You should, when you're editing it in this, you should add creepy music. We'll have to find some. Okay. All right. Yes. Anyway. Scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. Okay. How long am I going to have to stare at this fucked up face? <laughs> Not long. Because okay. this all began on August 7th, 2017. Adam posted to his Twitter account saying, So... My apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child, and he's trying to kill me. Mm. Great way to start a story, in my opinion. Just reel those listeners right in, or in this case, readers. So, what the heck just happened? My screen just went black and came back up. Okay. Um... Dear David is trying to send me a message. This dead child apparently first came to Ellis in his dreams. However, at this point, he is convinced this dead child 
has come into the real world, as he put it. The first time he saw the child, he was in the middle of a bout of sleep paralysis. And the child was sitting on a green rocking chair at the bottom of his bed. The child had a horribly misshapen head that was dented in on one side. And he drew this the best that he could, which is the first picture you see. Ugh, hate it. Yes. Hate it. Yes. So this creepy I think that, little... It's the eyes. The eyes it, is the creepiest totally... thing. Look, the picture that gets me is way down towards the very yeah. end. It's the worst. Whew. Okay. Where am I? Picture. Yes. Okay. So this creepy little ghost boy just stared at him for a while. But then he got up out of the chair and made his way toward Ellis, who was still paralyzed in bed. Mm. Ellis then made the comment that he has had sleep paralysis often, which super sucks, but this was the first time he had seen a child. So, (laughs) thankfully, right before this weird demon child got to the bed, Ellis woke up screaming. Understandably. Yeah. So in- I think the only part of sleep paralysis I've, I ever remember, so I get it sometimes, like, right, like, I'm, most of the time, like, I'm still asleep, and it's like, yeah, and it doesn't last very long at all, and I don't remember anything, I don't see anything, because I keep my eyes closed, but <laughs> I think there's only one time that I actually remember, and it was nothing like that. Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. And this- apparently happens a lot to Ellis or Adam Ellis so Adam Mm -hmm. Ellis for the sake of my my story he is Ellis um in another dream a few nights later Ellis was sitting in a library when a young girl went up to him and asked you've seen Dave or you've seen dear David haven't you to which he responded who dear David huh (laughs) Uh, Dear David, you saw him, the girl said. He's dead. He only appears at midnight, and you can ask him two questions if you say, Dear David, first. But never try to ask him a third question, or he'll kill you. Obviously, a little Mm. concerned, a little shaken (sighs) about this, and two dreams about the same thing, but... Not really being a reoccurring dream is just a little bit weird. Have you ever had those dreams, though? I have, but they have tend to be more of, like, a continuation of a dream. Not so much two separate dreams as as a continuation. No, no, like, I, I all have, um, there was, like, a whole, um like months span of dreams in which I had a yellow bird and in this dream um each dream was totally different but at random points my dog would try to eat my yellow bird there's some symbolism in there hold on I don't I have a dream book okay I have a dream book hold (laughs) on we're gonna do this but it, it wasn't, like, the same dream over and over again. It was completely different situations, different places. And it was, like, um... 
So it was sort of like a continuation of the last dream. It was just a little bit different where I kept on having this bird. The Complete Book of Dreams by Julia okay. and Derek Parker. Bird. Bird, bird, bird. I think the way you're reading this is really interesting because I would have been super lazy. I would have been like, um, August 7th, 2017. I was very shaken. Having two dreams about the same thing is pretty weird. I would have done that. Look, I started to do that, but I was like, no, I'm going to try to story tell it. Yeah. Bird. Bird, bird. Bird, bird, bird. Bird. Oh. Bird. 43. Freedom. So. Somebody's taking my freedom away. Someone is taking your freedom away. For uh, months at a time. For months at a time. Let me look up dog. Companionship. So, so I'm afraid of companionship because I fear that my personal freedoms will be taken away from me. Yes. There you go. Dreams decoded. <laughs> Look, if I find somebody, they just have to have the same interests as me, okay? Because I'm not spending my night watching fucking sports or some shit. I, I'm not <laughs> <Right>. doing it. <laughs> or at least let us have two different TVs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you go in there. I like watching shit by myself anyway. As oh, yeah. long as you don't talk while I'm watching something, we're good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or or be like, what's going on here? What happened? What? Oh, what? my God, that's, my, that's the worst thing. Especially if neither one of you have seen it before and the other person's like, wait, why did she do that? Yeah. Or what's going to happen next? Why would you ask me what's going to happen next? I don't I know. I don't know. We've never seen it. It's yeah. in theaters. It's the premiere. Okay, go. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So after, you know, the last dream he had with the little girl in the library, a few weeks passed before David came to Ellis again. Ellis. Ellis again. It happened the exact same way. Ellis was asleep in bed when he woke up to find the boy sitting in the rocking chair and staring at him. Mm. In the dream, yeah, in the dream, Ellis asked, Dear David, how did you die? The boy responded with a mumbled, an accident in a store. Ellis asked again, Dear David, what happened in the store? David apparently, in response, groaned and said, A shelf was pushed on my head. He groans. That's he the groaned. thing that gets me. He groans. He groans. So Don't like that. Yeah. Ellis froze in fear and asked a third question. Who pushed the shelf? And David didn't answer. Ellison realized he had asked a third question, which he wasn't supposed to do. He then wakes up completely terrified. Over the next several days, Ellis tried to research any deaths in the city involving children named David in a store. Even trying a few other names like Daniel, Dylan, and Devin, but nothing turned up. So... I've done this thing before where I had a dream about this little boy, this little ghost boy who came to me and he was like, I need you to find me. Mm -hmm. And he told me his name. It was like, um, Rorden? Or like Ryan? Or like... Something with an R. Something with an R. Something with an R that sounded like Irish. Or yes. something. Roland. 
I don't know. But I searched so many different names trying to find something about this kid dying. Never found anything. So, yeah. That feels very accurate to me. It, yes. Yes. So, okay. After a few weeks, nothing else has happened to Ellis, and a larger apartment becomes available on the floor above his current apartment. Obviously, he was thrilled and took the opportunity to move into it. Another two months go by, and Ellis had not seen David again. Believing that the move caused the little ghost boy to lose track of him, he sort of, you know, forgets about him, as you do. However, then something begins to happen. His cats begin to gather at the front door of his apartment and stare at it as if something is on the other side. Yes. Yeah. My cats do this, too. Yeah. Mostly this, when they're searching for, like, bugs. This is true. But he did make a comment a little later on that he rarely has bugs in his apartment, and it's only mm-hmm. happened in three times, uh, three times in, like, five years he lived there. Okay. So, I mean, understandable, he would not think it's a bug. This happened for four nights before he got up enough courage to go look through the peephole. When he saw movement on the other side... No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He opened the door and turned on the light, but nothing was there. No. But his cats were still super unnerved. I would never open the door. They had, you know, the bushy... They had the bushy tail thing going on. Mm. I hate... Like, I love it and I hate it when my cats get the bushy tail thing going on. Mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. It never happens to my cats. So. Yep. And that's where Ellis was as of August 7th. So he apparently waited a little while before even posting anything. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, August 7th was the very first day that he posted. Yeah. At all. Well, not at all, but on this. For this. Yes. The thread. The beginning For the of thread. the thread. Yes. Two days later, on August 9th, Ellis makes a comment that his cat, Maxwell, who, by the way, is a super cute tripod kitty who I love dearly. Tripod? Tripod. Tripod. Okay, I was like, what does chai have to do? Okay. (laughs) Tripod. He's got three little legsies. It's super cute. Mm -hmm. Maxwell has walked to the door yet again. So he then shows a video of Maxwell meowing at the door and trying to get through it. I can't imagine what would make a cat want to do that. Like so bad, right? Like my cats, because they go in and out, they do that sometimes, but they've never done it to the front door. Yeah. So at this point, Ellis decides to take a photo through the peephole of the door rather than, you know, just opening it. Good thought. Don't let a random murderer walk through, and if that's what your cat is meowing at. Like, seriously, don't. No. So, he thought he saw something in the photo, which I'm fairly certain he posted, and mustered up the courage to- No, I don't see one. Oh, later. Yeah, later. And mustered up the courage to open the door and verify what he was seeing. So, if you look at, there should be a side-by-side, a photo on the left and a photo on the right. It's like a shadowy thing. Yes. You can see a slight shadow in the lower left corner where the bottom of the shelf is, or as he said, where the banister meets the shelf. <clears throat> I So it's like hate 
Well, okay. Mm. That could just be dust on his thing, on his door, peephole, peephole, that's the word I'm looking for. However, I hate looking through peepholes. Uh Speaking speaking of dust on a peephole, verifying that this wasn't just a smudge on the glass of the peephole, he took a second picture and the figure is no longer there. It looks different than the first picture he took. Vaguely, but it does look different. Yeah, it looks like it's moved a little. Yes. But it does It does look like there's something still there, but that larger shadowy Shadow part, I am there. fairly sure it was dust. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> he deadbolted the lock and went straight to bed with his kitty cat still meowing at the door. Why was that not already deadlocked? I, it would be deadlocked as soon as I came home. <laughs> He's a social person. I don't know. Whew. The okay. next day, he decides to try a sleep talk app to see if, you know, anything were happening at night. Um. Hold on, sorry. Fine. I like that picture of his cat with the eyes. Uh, Ooh. Okay. As he heads to bed, he snaps another picture of the cats trying to look at something through the bottom gap in the door. Oof. So that should be the very next picture after that one. Yeah. He then posts a video of Maxwell just meowing and meowing and meowing at the door, trying to get him to get up and do something about the obvious person at the door. God damn it. Big yawn. Yes, and that cute yawn. (laughs) Oh, I think he just wants to go on a walk. He might. That night. Sorry, I'm still watching the video. He just keeps meowing. Okay, go. That night while the app was going, it caught... 33 recordings of random noises that it heard. Most of them were, of course, just cars passing by. You didn't even mention that he salted in front of his door. I didn't. I didn't. No. He literally, he salted in front of the door just as an extra precaution. And he was like, I don't even know if this is the right kind of salt. But three of those recordings stood out to him. The first he said was a snapping sound and what he thought sounded like, you know, a single footstep. But he claimed that he never got out of bed that night. It does sound like a... But and like a step. More of a thumpy... Yes. Yeah. The second is an almost static electric noise. And it's... Oh, okay. It's the only recording of the 33 audio that night to have the noise in it. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, something else started playing. <laughs> Great response, though. That's a little weird. I mean, right. not the weirdest thing could be a fan, but... That's true. He doesn't say if he had a fan on. And the third is another snapping noise and then a groan from Ellis in his sleep. So, you know. Eh. <laughs> he farted. That's a fart. <laughs> well, he said groan, so... I didn't listen because I trusted him. Also, my computer was like, no, you're not going to listen to this. (laughs) Needless to say, he is very ready for a weekend away, and he takes it. Yeah. However, in the photo that he posted, several fans of his commented, 
that they could see a face in one of the window panels of the door. Okay, hold on. And if you can't see it, I will... Because honestly, I couldn't see it either. I took forever to look through. Yeah, show me where you're seeing, because I'm not seeing a face. Look, I didn't see it at first either, so hold on. Let me... It is right here. That's why I kept trying to zoom. If you zoom in, you can really see it. But then also, I saw one right here, and I'm like, okay, that has to be, like, a picture or something. But there's one right here. Yeah, I see no- oh. There's the mouth. Like, yeah! There's the dent. No. Barely. Barely, yeah. And that's kind of what I thought, too. I tried to zoom in. I couldn't see it at first. And if you scroll down, the link that he posted actually does not work anymore. I have no explanation for this. Yes. I clicked on that and it doesn't work anymore. So, but I looked through some of the comments and that was a general, you know, census that there was a face there. I don't see anything. Yeah. Over the weekend, he bought himself a Polaroid camera because, as he says, they're fun and dorky, which... They are. They are. You know, same reason I bought one, so I really can't complain. I wish I brought one today. Right? That would have been so pretty. Like the rest of us, he went around just taking random pictures of stuff in his apartment Mm -hmm. the day that he got back from his little weekend trip. Everything was coming out completely normal until one picture that came out pitch black. The entire thing. He thought this was odd and did some troubleshooting, which involved taking a picture with his finger over their lens and even opening a new packet of undeveloped Polaroid film in order to see if they were black before being developed. They are not. They are initially white, which you know, I know, but apparently not everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. He That's then, weird. It is weird. He then takes a video of himself taking pictures, and all of the pictures that he takes come out normal until he takes the camera into the hallway and takes a picture. Oh, is that a video? I must yeah, have there's a that. video. I think there's like a fish tank or something in the... Oh, you know, I, I didn't get that far. I was still at the... Uh, okay. And if you have... Listeners, if you have a this Polaroid camera, the Instax Mini 9, like he does, and like I do, and like I do, and like Grace does, it is really hard to try to take a picture without the lens popping out and de-shuttering uh-huh. itself. So it's not like the camera shutter just stayed closed. Yeah, no. No, it, yeah. So here's where it gets interesting. If you scroll down, there should be a picture of an iPhone picture and a Polaroid picture side by side. No, but... Okay, yeah. He then took photos of the hallway, one with the Polaroid and one with his iPhone. The iPhone photo came out looking totally normal. However, the one taken by the camera shows the hallway completely blacked out. Oh. And my first thought when I saw that, oh shit. Because it's really hard to fake a Polaroid. That, not only that, but that's like a an apartment building mm-hmm. hallway. It's not like, in, 
and it might be different there you might there might just be a light switch out there where you could turn the light off out there yeah but it's not very likely that they would make it so easy for you to just turn off the i don't know well and also that if even if he had turned the light off, that light from his room would be filtering out into the hallway, so you yes. would see a little bit. No. Yes. This thing is fit pitch black it's up to the pitch door black. Frame. Yes. Ugh. I feel like, like there's gonna there's like some being that's gonna come walking out of there any fucking second. I fucking hate it. Yes. It is horrible. It is horrible. It is horrible. Okay. Um thankfully some people on the internet were telling him to get some sage and clean the place and Really? Sage it up, my dude. Work. But does it work, though? Mm, You'll mm. see. <laughs> you know what? He, he probably didn't all open all the windows. True. He didn't allow the negative energy to run out. He did open his door, though. But One he didn't door. open the door to the building. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, he did sage. In particular, he saged the hallway and that damn rocking chair where he first saw David. I've never seen a picture of this rocking chair. That is not what I thought it would look like. I know, right? I, I thought it was going to be, be like, a, like yours. Like this. Yeah. yeah. Not like an Ikea rocking chair. <laughs> I know. Not like the most simplistic, like, yeah, Nordic. It's a, it's a very minimalistic rocking chair. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. Although it does look slightly comfy. Somehow. It looks, it looks super uncomfortable to me. <laughs> um, Maybe I'm thinking it's just wider than it is. Probably. It did not work. Of course. That night he dreamt about David for the first time in months. Mm-mm. In the dream, Ellis's bedroom was filled with a hazy smoke. <laughs> what? I'm just scrolling down and I just see Sage did not work. <laughs> yes. Well, hazy smoke, Sage. Oh. He could see David sitting in the chair across from him, only this time he looked slightly shrunken. Mm. He didn't say or do anything, just straight up glared at Ellis. So he so. should have gotten like eight things of sage. Just like burned them all, like one <laughs> after the other, kept all of the windows open. Just no, what he. It. I don't know if he did it, but he should have kept his windows open. He should have saged, let the smoke clear out. He should have saged again, let it cleared out. That's what I'm saying, just like one after the other. Yeah, then he should have taken, um, like, Pelo Santos and Mm -hmm. invited that good energy in, not the... what he has. The thread goes on to show that his cats continuously stare and meow at the front door every night at midnight. Like, it's having trouble scrolling down for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, there we go. I was going to say, if you scroll down, you're going to see a lot of pictures of his cats. And then there's one of his cat in an alarm clock. So, he also continues to record himself at night with that sleep talk app. And every night at 3 a.m., the app picks up that weird static noise Uh, for a total of five minutes. I don't like that. Don't like it. On the morning of August 18th, Ellis woke up to the whole apartment shaking. Not only that, a severe thunderstorm warning was in effect for that coming night. Needless to say... 
All of this felt very ominous to him. There wasn't like a localized earthquake or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because well, California, they have earthquakes, right? Yeah, they're right on the fault line. Okay. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. He did say it, it felt like a small earthquake. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is possible. Okay. It, he was just using it as a way to say that everything just feels like it's coming down on him. And it's yeah. ominous and creepy. In the end, the storm wound up passing completely over the city. However, the craziness had just started for him. Ellis fell asleep relatively early on the night of August 18th. That night, he dreamt that David was dragging him by the arm through an abandoned warehouse. Ellis did not fight back in the dream, and upon waking up the next morning, he thought nothing of it and went on his morning routine. Mm. But after getting out of the shower, he realized that he had a huge bruise on his arm. The same Uh. arm that David had been dragging him by in his dream. He was like, you know, there are totally logical reasons for the bruise. Like, I could have slapped it, yada yada. Which, uh, Uh, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Okay. Like, look, I've slapped myself, my arm, like, on my wall in my sleep, so I totally get it. Yeah, but that's not a bruise. That's just like a... Oh, no, I get bruises from that. What? What do you do look, in your sleep? I move around more than you do in your sleep. How is it look, you see, that you bruise yourself in your sleep? You see that? I don't. I did that in my sleep. Okay. <laughs> this I did not. I scratched myself this morning. <laughs> okay. 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 He then left the apartment to go and get some coffee. He does this every weekend, and... When he walks to go get that coffee, he usually passes by a food cart repair facility, mm-hmm. which he said is usually always super busy, which I get it. Food carts yep. need, you know, constant upkeep. Especially in New York. Especially yep. in New York. But that day, the repair facility was completely gutted and empty. When oh. he went to be a nosy millennial like the rest of us, he looked around and only found a single green chair in the middle of the warehouse. Is that green? It is green. It's green. It's green. To be fair, it's like a kitchen chair and like the seat itself is not green. It's It's wicker. Yeah. Yeah. But the the back and the the legs are dark, dark, almost imperceptibly green. Look, it's he's like mentioning a lot of coincidences, but also coincidences can mean something. I know. I think it's funny that I'm much more skeptical of this, like, right now, instead of when I've listened to it many times, because it's like creeped me out a little bit. The last time I listened to it, fucking scared me. Look, the only reason it's not skeptical to you now is because I'm pointing out every single detail, not just the creepy... Well, that... Not only that, like, the last one I listened to, they were skeptical of it, too. But I think in order for me to not be scared, I have to be very skeptical. Skeptical, yes. And it's good to be skeptical. And that's why I brought up the whole he could have easily slapped himself in his sleep. I mean, even he said that it was possible that he, like, hit his arm or something. Yes, but, you know, someone else would have just been like, yeah, he got a big bruise on his arm, moving on. Yeah. 
Okay, but when he was on his way back from, you know, the coffee shop, the warehouse was then shuttered shut and remained shut for a while. Here's my thing about that warehouse, though. Yes. If it's a very popular food cart warehouse, wouldn't it have a sign? It was completely guttered, guttered, gutted and empty. But it would still have a sign. There would still be a sign to say Not what necessarily. it was. Not necessarily. Unless it was one of those, we're just going to tape it on the wall sign. Which are mm. things. I guess. It, it depends on what part of New York he's in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okie dokie. Artichokey. On August 25th, Ellis informs the Twitterverse that there has been some developments in his apartment. The day before my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> The cats began to stare at the door earlier and earlier. Uh. Their new routine became, quote, hover around the door at 10 p.m., cry for about 15 minutes, then wander off as if nothing is wrong. That's what's so creepy to, to me, that it gets earlier and earlier. Like, that's... Mm. Oh, yeah. It's Especially because, creepy. like, you know, the time that you're thinking of, it's like midnight understandable 3am understandable, understandable. Yeah. but 10 like getting earlier no oh yeah oh yeah then about 10:30 he began to receive really unusual calls from an unmarked number and that continued every day for a week he answered the call once thinking it you know might be a telemarketer and that by answering once they would just leave him alone which you know sometimes does happen follow up could be somebody who follows him on twitter who got his number just to <laughs> fuck with him possible instead what he heard was a static very similar to the static that the sleep app kept picking up he didn't he say did post that so they could have just been like let me make something that sounds <laughs> similar and call him and freak him the fuck out <laughs> He didn't say anything, he just kept waiting for an automated message, and after a minute or so, the static stopped and there was just silence. Uh. Ellis kept listening and he thought he could hear breathing, but it was very, very faint and, you know, he just couldn't be sure. So just when he was about to hang up, a very small voice whispered, hello. No! And it wasn't a question, it wasn't a greeting. It was just a statement, which just makes it so much creepier. It's like, can you... So, obviously, he panicked, hung up, closed all the curtains in his apartment, turned on every single light, and watched TV until sunrise because he was too afraid to go to sleep. I get a new phone. (laughs) I get a new phone number. Uh Uh-huh. I move. Uh, uh, yes, we're gonna move again. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> During all this time, he had a trip scheduled to go to Japan. Logically, he thought that since David lost track of him when he moved, he, you know, might think that Ellis left again while he was in Japan. Yep. So, you know, being a good pet parent, he bought a pet monitoring camera so that he could keep an eye on his cats while he was away. Yeah. And 
One night before his trip, he decided to test the camera to make sure that it was working. So since he was going to be away for, you know, just this one night and it was the perfect opportunity. With this camera specifically, it pings to his phone whenever there is sound or motion detected. Mm-hmm. And while he was out that night, it pinged a couple of times. And when he checked, you know, it was just his cats playing around, nothing out of the normal. Then, at around 11 o'clock, it pinged again. Only this time, there wasn't anything there. Not even his cats. So he watched it again, just to make sure he wasn't missing anything. And he didn't see anything until he watched it a third time. It says it can't be played. I'll share it. It's okay. It's okay. I'll share it. Although I'm not, because... Look, it is... If it plays for you, let me see it. Okay. It is barely noticeable, but in the video, the green rocking chair, which he had logically moved out of his bedroom, thanks to the nightmare. More like logically <laughs> He, he was like, I should have given it away. I didn't. <laughs> Just moved it. Anyway, it begins rocking, and let me get to that. And like, to be fair... He could have recorded this previously. Look here, Miss Skeptical. Uploaded it later. <laughs> I know you have to be. I have to be. I have to be. Oh, hold on. I got it. I figured out how to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh-huh. Oh, no. I feel like there's gonna be a fucking jump scare. I can't even look at it anymore. I know. Every time I kept watching the video, I was like, oh my god, something's gonna jump out. I have to show my eyes. Something is going to jump out. Ugh. Nothing Why jumps out. Why didn't we decide to wait to do this till tomorrow? When we could do it earlier? Because it would have gotten dark again. <sighs> because I don't know when I get off Shit. most days. Okay. Okay. As unnerving as this was, there was literally nothing he could do about it. So he flipped his phone off and tried his best not to panic. But about half an hour later, he got another ping. How did he get another ping if he turned his phone off? I assume he turned his, like, sound Uh, off. Okay. And he had it on, and then, because it pings, it, like, lights it up, too, when you get a notification. So I assume that's how it pinged. This time, you could still have missed it, but for me, it was kind of very obvious Look in the top center. There is a turtle shell that he hang that he has hanging right above his mm-hmm. bookcase. It just kind of plummets. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. no. No. Mm-hmm. No. No. Mm. After this, he left the nanny cam on twenty four seven. So. As he was going over the feed from one weekend, he noticed that his cats were playing in the living room while he slept. Slept. Suddenly, Maxwell, the cute little tripod, gets spooked by something and jumps in the air over it. And something else I don't think he noticed in the video. What was that? That green glass on the table moves. And funny enough, both cats look up at it as soon as that happens. I don't think he noticed it, and I did not check the comments to see if 
other readers I hate this fucking story. I will tell you right now if they said something about it. So, the next night, I don't know if you want to go on to it or not, but I'm just going to tell you what happens. The next night, the camera recorded Maxwell standing on his hind legs and staring at something. In the final video of the night, Maxwell is seen squatting in the air at nothing. It's, it's Clearly, loading. though, Hold this on. cat is seeing something. It's just loading, yeah. Oh, it's just a picture. Okay. What are you loading? What picture are you loading? Picture of, him, of Maxwell just... Standing. Yeah. Oh. No, the video is um, the next one. Next one. Oh, oh, okay. That looks like a, um, a cat trying to get a bug. A bug. But see, that's when he brought up the fact that He's only ever had three bugs in his apartment in the however many years he's lived there. That's a fucking lie, because everyone knows in summer months, inevitably, you get flies in your house or your apartment. It's inevitable. Mm. They're in there somehow. (laughs) They're sneaking in. On September 16th, Ellis writes, I've been having so many nightmares lately. They're way more intense than my usual dreams, too. I don't know if it's because I'm stressed or if it's something else. That afternoon, he had apparently taken a nap and had a dream that he just couldn't Man, I hate naps when you have bad dreams because it's like, if you have a nap, it's calming. It's supposed to be like right, nice. and then you have a nap, and you have a nightmare, and you wake Except up. Except half all the time, edge. I take right. end up taking a four-hour nap, and I wake up a bitch. <laughs> I'm an asshole <laughs> when I wake up. I'm like, leave me the Lovely. fuck alone. <laughs> oh, okay, back yeah, on topic. In in his dream, he was laying in mm-hmm. bed and rolled over to face the opposite direction. You know, everyone does multiple times a night. When he opened his eyes. He saw, lying on the pillow next to him, a severed head with a bloody spine snaking down the rest of the bed. Just anybody's severed head or just a random one? Just a random one. Just a random one. And the worst thing, the head was alive and staring at him with a huge grin on his face. Oh my god. I can't can't believe it. I've, I've heard this so many times, but I literally forget that every single time right i did too so obviously horrified ellis screams what happened to you not the head then smiled and this word again i'm just gonna use it with a groan said it feels great like can you imagine just like (laughs) it feels great Feels great. great. Uh, (laughs) You should try it too. (laughs) Fuck. You should try being a disembodied head. It's fantastic. Uh, Okay. He then woke up and was not able to get back to sleep. I just kept thinking nearly headless Nick would be so jealous. Oh, poor Nick. He woke up and was not able to get back to sleep. Yada yada. Um, so he decided to go for a walk for no other reason than to just get out of the apartment. In the middle of the night? In the middle of the night. 
he decided to head towards a bodega a few blocks away and get a midnight snack. And of course, he had that warehouse that was all shut up a few weeks ago that he had to pass. Since it freaks him out, he decided to, you know, just hurry past oh. it. Grab some Doritos and a seltzer once he got to the bodega bodega and bodega. booked it home. Bodega. You, you tried bodega. to correct yourself and then you did it again. <laughs> bodega. Bodega. Got it. <laughs> bodega. <laughs> bodega. How about that? Bodega. <laughs> um, when he was passing that warehouse the second time, he heard a thunk from inside behind the shutters. <laughs> He froze in place, but heard no other sounds. Uh, okay. Curiosity getting the better of him, he tried to see through a grated window that was beside the doors. However, it was about a foot above his head and way too high to see into. He instead turned the flash on his phone camera and proceeded to take a picture through the window. He told himself, one photo and then run for my life. <laughs> When the flash went off, he thought he saw movement, but he wasn't risking getting caught by whatever was in there, and ran home, ate his Doritos nervously, too afraid to even look at the photo he just took. When he finally did look, it appeared to be an entirely different part of the warehouse. There was an old filing cabinet, insulation, and a ripped up leather desk chair. But in the right-hand corner, he thought he saw a face. But the more he looked at it, the more it looked just like a blur. Are we talking about that, that like, almost like old lady standing behind the door? What? You don't see that? Where are you at? That picture. Okay, so... Okay, so this is what we're looking at, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm talking about this. Where that looks like a head... And like hair, and then like somebody just standing there. Is that Look, just me? Okay. I didn't even see that before. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. No. Um, what, are you just actually, talking about this or the dots right there? If you scroll down a little bit more, you'll see the picture that he posted. Like he's like screenshotted it right there. What is that? That's nothing. Mine was scarier. What? <laughs> so that's so it's like half of what you saw because is that the door handle I thought mine was scarier to be honest <laughs> yours was scarier a creepy old lady um, Ellis even admitted maybe I'm too deep into this and my brain wants to see David when he's not there I wrote Davis Davis that's right On get his name wrong who are you? I don't even know. Some other little don't ghost boy. Don't even know anymore. On September 22nd, Ellis left for Japan. For anyone worried, he did have people coming over multiple times during the day and night to check on his beloved cute little I kittens. actually was going to ask earlier about what he did that weekend that he was away. Uh, that weekend he was away, yeah, he had people come over. And in fact, while he was in Japan, he purchased a votive tablet at a shrine he was visiting that read, Please protect my cats while I'm away from home. Ugh. Yes. So I need sweet. it. Yes. That is exactly what you want a god to do. Protect your cats. 
on October 3rd, 2017, just skipping a couple weeks. His last day on his trip to Japan, he decided to take a long walk around Sapporo when he stumbled across a statue in a park. He couldn't find any information on it, but it was so pretty he still took pictures nonetheless. Of course, since this was a tall cylindrical statue, he was taking multiple pictures from different angles. However, when he moved to one side of the statue, (gasps) he nearly dropped his phone at what he saw. On the statue, there was a figure similar to the one he had been seeing for months. A young boy in the arms of a woman, possibly the mother, speculation here, with a dent in his head. Okay, look, here's the thing about this, though. When a baby is first born, its head is a little bit misshapen because of the birth canal. Mm-hmm. Yes. However, that's fucking creepy. They... <sighs> this freaked him out, but it could have been a coincidence. I don't know about that. That's almost... That yeah. full circle right there, yeah. Oh, I can't even look so, at it. I can't even look at it. I know. It. Just scroll past it. He arrives safely home on October 5th and is welcomed welcomed by very chatty kitties. So look at little Maxwell in that Love picture, you. Grace. It's so cute. Okay, fast forwarding again. Now, nine days later, Ellis writes, Weird things have been happening with the electricity in my apartment this week. Two bulbs burnt out in the hallway in less than a week. Rather than getting a ladder again, he just decided to leave it alone. <laughs> Which, same. Yeah, I wish I could say that's weird, but um, with the stuff that's been happening here, I yeah. can't even say anything. Yeah, that's not weird. That's not weird. But apparently the strange, strangest thing is what happened with the backlight on his TV, which was just an LED strip that plugs in via USB. So, logically, in order for the backlight to work, the TV has to be on. Apparently, though, the night before he posted this part of the thread, the backlight was flickering on and off by itself. Was it unplugged, or was it, like, just off? Because... The TV was off. It could just be an electrical issue. Or it could be... That's what he said, electrical weird. Or it could be um, a (laughs) messed up TV. There could be a um, thing. This is true. Well, here's the other thing. This went on for several minutes, turning off and back on before finally shutting off completely and would no longer turn back on. Like, at all. I genuinely just shivered. (laughs) I know I saw. After that whole fiasco, it was 4 a.m. and he was not able to get some sleep. Instead, he decided to get an early start on his day and went to a diner for breakfast. Yeah. When he got back to the apartment, the sun was beginning to come up and he figured, eh, might as well go into work early. So he showered, brushed his teeth, and headed to the bedroom to get dressed. But as he passed the front door, he heard a very faint scratching from the other side. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I had to put my feet up. That bothers me so much. (laughs) Too afraid to open the door or even look through the peephole this time, he took a photo again through the peephole to look at later. At first, the picture didn't look like anything extraordinary to him, just 
something blurry. Yeah. But as he kept looking at it, he saw part of a face staring back at him. You can see kind oh, of an ear. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Ooh. Kinda, yeah. Not dented though, so not dented though. At this point he decides to get a professional involved to help him out. Sort of. He declined professional ghost hunters because he didn't want strangers sensationalizing what was going on in his home. Oops. Sorry, my man. Um, but instead, he had a friend come over to do a cleansing. It apparently oh. did work. Huh? So where I saw a face versus where he saw a face, two separate two things. Two separate, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The cleansing apparently worked for a week or two, and then things seemed to go back to normal. The cats weren't gathering at the door, and he even stopped having the bad dreams. Everything was normal until one morning as he was walking past that damn warehouse again. Mm -hmm. The doors were wide open and it was still mainly empty, except for one thing. There was a hearse parked near the back wall and there was no one around. So he tried not to think too much about it because you know, hearses have to park somewhere, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Theory. Theory. They had a death in the family. Okay. Um, they just had some issues they had to work out. Um, that really doesn't work because it's a, like a month-long nope. gap, but still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. go. He put it out of his mind, and everything was quiet again until October 25th, 2017. Why do I keep repeating the year? We know the year. Go go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All's good. He was walking from his living room into his dining room when he saw his cats sitting by the far window, just staring up at it. He glanced out the window, but didn't see anything, and why would he? The building next to his was a business. Logically, no one gets on the roofs of businesses in the middle of the night. So he shrugged it off and proceeded through the dining room to the kitchen to get a bottle opener for his beer. When he looked out the kitchen window, which looked onto the same roof, he saw someone standing there. Ellis immediately ducked out of view of the window and switched off the kitchen lights before he peered up over the windowsill. But he couldn't see much, so he pulled his phone out of his pocket and proceeded to take pictures of the figure who was standing on the roof. So, are you looking at the pictures? Okay, the next picture is dark and blurry, but I swear there's someone out there waiting for it to load. Okay, so I'm going to go on and talk then. If you look at the first picture he posts, it sort of kind of looks like there's a figure. If you look at where the two flower pots meet and you have your eye travel up about halfway, uh-huh. the edge of the shadow in the light where the edge of the shadow in the light part meets, there's the faint outline of a head. Very faint. I'm sorry. Okay, hold on. Okay, so if I travel up. Oh, from you passed it. Here? down. Next slide. What? 
Here? Oh, yeah, right there. Uh, I thought it was going to be like the Ewok thing up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, a little bit, yeah. So, ultimately, though, he took several pictures, but none of them had enough hard evidence, not like me, just a little figure, um, of a figure being there. Sir. Gonna fast forward into November. On November 6th, Ellis writes, Last night, I dreamed about him again. It was almost exactly the same as the first time I saw him. <sighs> I don't like these parts. In Ellis's dream, David was in the chair again. But remember, Ellis took that green rocking chair out of his bedroom and put it in his living room. He should replaced that... <laughs> he should have. He replaced that chair, though, with a recliner. Like an old one that he just had. So, David was sitting there, staring at Ellis like before. And like the last time, Ellis felt he was paralyzed... But this time, he felt more alert, and he could move his hands a little. Uh. He was somehow able to get his phone off of his bedside table as David was glaring at him. He thought, if David is going to kill me, maybe I can at least get evidence on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just like before. I mean, you think weird things when you feel like you're in danger, so... This is true. This is true. Just like before, David crawled off the chair and began walking towards Ellis. And meanwhile, Ellis is just like, step, 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 taking picture after picture, hoping to catch something. Soon, David was face to face with Ellis. He started muttering something before his eyes rolled back into his head, leaving only the the whites visible. Ellis tried to get away, but was still paralyzed. When David began crawling up on the bed while still murmuring something that Ellis could not understand. No. And that's when he woke up, with no trace of David anywhere. Thinking that this was just a dream like before, he got up and went about his day. He mentioned that he wasn't going to say anything about the dream because it had just been so routine at this point, but when he was going through his camera roll later looking for an old picture, he found a bunch of pitch black pictures. And this is, look, this is eerie. I got goosebumps looking at the picture. In the photos, if you turn your brightness all the way up... Auto light. I can't even fucking look at this picture. <laughs> oh my god. You can see a small, toddler-sized figure wearing a red and white striped shirt sitting on Ellis's recliner, just staring the camera down. I genuinely cannot look at this fucking picture. Oh my god, hold on. <sighs> There are multiple, but okay. There are multiples, yes. There are. Yes. Mm, 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 mm. In the next picture, he has gotten off of the recliner. You can actually see the indention in his head. Oh my god. In the third photo, David is almost to Ellis. The photo is so shaky. 
So obviously the details aren't the best, but you can definitely see the intention. You can intention. definitely see a fucking face too. You can oh see my. a face. <laughs> you can see his loose, baggy, red and white striped shirt. I'm like you fucking can see nightmares these tonight. Things. I, hate I know. <laughs> Just oh watch TV God. before bed, like oh I do. It's Look, past this my is... bedtime, Rachel. Look, this is why I stayed up an hour later last night. Because <laughs> I got to this part and I was like, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. Um, Ellis tried to come up with logical explanations, but he couldn't. And he was freaking out. And I probably would be a little bit too. I would move so fast. I can't even tell you. I cannot. I would stay with a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After this, Ellis goes silent again for 11 days. Fans are obviously freaking out, thinking that David got to him. Yeah. And that he's dead. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah. those, I would not be surprised. Yeah. That's he's terrifying. Not, um, he just doesn't post anything unless he has something new to add or something, as he said, substantial. Which... He got, in fact, the night he posted the last tweet on November 6th. Something new started. Roughly 30 seconds after he sent his last tweet, he heard a thump directly above his head. Like someone dropped something on the floor. However, he is in the uppermost apartment, so pretty much impossible unless you're on the roof. However, there are no ladders leading up there on the outside of the building. There's no trees anyone could climb up surrounding the building. And the only possible way that he could think of to get up there is through a skylight in his ceiling. <laughs> but he tried to think reasonably. Pipes? No, this was a distinct thump of something being dropped. Then he thinks, is there some secret crawl space in my home? He looks all over, can't find one, until he walks into that freaking hallway. And there is, as he calls it, a mysterious hatch. But I can literally say, Grace, if you look at these pictures, it looks like my attic door oh, that's in my hallway. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, he apparently always thought that it led directly to the roof and, you know, didn't really think about it that much. Although, I can't see how he would possibly think this because every single... Maybe it's just because every house that I've lived in has had some sort of, like, crawl space or attic. Yeah. But, but seeing that and seeing, like, the slats, I would not think that goes directly to the roof. And see, that's what it... That's what ultimately made him determine that eh, that's a crawl space that's not directly to the roof but anyway it this is also super high up and near impossible to reach like it's over the furthest side of the stairwell and even with a ladder there's no easy way to get in so he determined that there was about three feet of empty space in this attic that's all around the entire apartment. 
he has now started hearing thumps and clanks. One time it was a small clink of something that rolled about six feet before stopping. Mm. And at this point he decided this is when he needed to investigate. It is a possibility that it's a raccoon. Yeah. But, but still, he needed to find out. So he went to Amazon and bought a telescoping pole so he could <laughs> push on the door <laughs> and open it. I wouldn't even but, do that. I'd get a fucking broom and like a step stool and be like, look. Know. Look, you don't understand how high this door is from the stairs. Mm. Like, go to the next picture. It's like super high up. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. It is like super high up. That doesn't look like three feet. Give or take. So It's like a foot and a half. Still short space. Okay, so the telescoping pole arrived late one night, so he couldn't actually use it that day but did plan to use it the next morning so that night he had just barely fallen asleep when there was an incredibly loud crash right above him Mm. he said it sounded like someone dropped a bowling ball and he bolted upright in bed and felt that there was just a really weird energy all around him After another minute, there was a crash. There was another crash like that. (laughs) Sorry, I set my glass down too hard. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell. (laughs) And he was about ready to grab his shoes and just book it. Same. Yes. Instead, he just listened and waited. The crash happened again and again, about 15 times in a row, followed by a long silence. He thought that he heard a small creak coming from the hallway that he registered as a footstep, but then it was quiet again. Did you hear a small creak in the hallway? I heard a thump. (laughs) Could be a cat. It It was probably a cat getting up on the dresser so they could eat. That's true, yes. Yes, yes, yes. After the thump, or the creak in the hallway... Everything was quiet again, and at some point, he finally fell back asleep. But when he woke up in the morning, he noticed a pile of debris on the stairs directly under the hatch. That wasn't there the night before. Yeah. Yeah. And when he looked up to the hatch, he noticed that something seemed to be caught under the edge of it. Hold on. Let me go back up really quick. Let me look at the, um... Too far! Okay, yeah, I just wanted to double check that it wasn't... Hold on. Okay. I'm gonna debunk this really quick. Do it, do it. Okay, if you scroll back up to where it says three feet of empty space, I can't account for. And even the one before that, you see where that, like, wider... Uh, line is between the slats. Three feet of empty space I can't account for. Okay, yes. you see where there's that thicker uh, space between the slats and then the thinner space between the slats? Thicker space between the slats. Alright, like, look at the slats that are on the um, the crawl space. The 
You know what I mean? The door or the... Alright, scroll up a little bit. So, to where the mysterious hatch is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you see there are slats there, right? You see there's that space between two slats. Are you talking about the door? Yes. Okay, yes. So, those slats... Okay, look. There's this space right here. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's that smaller one. Oops. Smaller one right there. Mm-hmm. Well, when you scroll down and then you look at it here, they're reversed. That's because he was taking so, a picture from a different angle. I know, but this is a spot that you never see in the previous pictures. Because oh, up here, you never you see right see there. It. Yeah. And you don't see right there. So it could be sticking out. You just don't know. Good points. Very smart. What about the dust on the stairs? <laughs> the fresh dirt on the stairs, Grace. Uh, um, plant. Somebody is gardening and dropped some dirt on the stairs. Well, if you look at his Instagram, he is a plant daddy. There you go. There you go. He was okay. planting. He was. We are slowly solving yeah. this. Ellis went back upstairs and grabbed the pole, set his camera on the wardrobe at the top of the stairs, and hit record just in case a demon baby burst out and attacked him. (laughs) (laughs) So in the video, he does get the hatch open and something falls out. At first, he thought it was a dead squirrel, but when he went and investigated, it was a small leather shoe. He texted his landlord and told him that there was something in the crawl space and asked if he could come and investigate. The landlord came with a ladder, shined a flashlight into the crawl space before finally saying, there's nothing up here, but then went, oh wait, reached into the attic and pulled out an old marble that coincidentally had a small bump on one side of it. Ellis did do a little bit of research and discovered that in the 1900s, marbles were made by hand and that the little bump on the side was where the glass broke off. So, it's an old marble. Looks like a regular marble to me. We are going to fast forward a little bit now. (laughs) I I gotta pretend. You've got to pretend, I know. We're going to fast forward now to early December. Ellis woke up with a start and felt a strange presence around him and watching him. When he turned on the light, he found that he was alone. But there was still a bad feeling about the room even after turning the light on. Which is never a good sign. No. Ellis actually came to associate this feeling with the presence of David. So, David is with him now. And this happened the next night as well. He initially had the thought to set up his pet camera in his room. However, the cord was too short to get the camera up high enough for, you know, a full aerial view. Fun story. There are extension cords. Look, he was improvising. He was trying to get he was trying to catch something. 
Yeah, if I was trying to catch something and, and it was this fucking creepy, I would also use an extension cord, but I also would have moved out by now, so. <laughs> Look. <laughs> he had a story going. Okay. So he improvised using his cell phone, the top of a bookcase that's roughly seven feet tall, and a phone app that took a photo every 60 seconds. Mm. He then went to sleep, and just like the previous two nights, he was startled awake and experienced that exact same feeling of unrest. He hurriedly turned on the light and retrieved his phone from the bookcase. There were roughly 350 photos that he had to scroll through. The first hundred or so were simply pictures of him asleep in his room. He made a note here that he kept on some nightlights in case anything turned up. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly, scroll, there's David. No. Hold on. Uh No. Uh-uh. David is there, sitting or standing on that recliner chair. That's a doll. That's a fucking doll. And staring at Ellis. That's a doll. I'm sorry, you can't convince me. But... <sighs> I can't even okay. look at it. It's fucking terrifying. Then in the next photo, he seems to be staring at the ceiling, which is even more creepy, and I hate it, and I am picturing it in my mind now, and it is dreadful. What the Then the next photo shows David apparently collapsing in on himself and just laying there in a heap, like dead. More dead than he can be as a ghost, I guess. And for several photos, David stays that way until suddenly he is gone. Nowhere to be seen for about 15 photos when he returns, standing beside (gasps) the bed, and looking down at the sleeping Ellis. Oh my god, I hate this. Oh my god. It's the worst. I hate this part so much. I've In... got some choice words at the end of this. Um, hold on, let me zoom in on this. Because You I... picked this story. <laughs> Look. You ready? In the next picture, David is literally on the bed, staring down at Ellis. <laughs> then he looks up at the camera and disappears again for several more photos. No, no, no. Until the last one before Ellis woke up. The final photo shows Mm-mm. only a malformed ear. I don't see an ear. Stringy, baby-like hair. Oh, I guess that is an ear. Okay. Literally inches from the camera lens. Not face, just the hair, part of the head, and the ear. I'm gonna throw up. Look, that's the picture that did it for me, and I was done, and I was like, nope. Okay. Um, That's a doll. It's gotta be a fucking doll. I hope so. Um, okay. Fast forwarding now. He makes a post on December 20th saying, Hey everyone, I'll be gone for the next week. I'm visiting my family back home in Montana for the holidays. 
It'll be nice to get away from all of this for a bit. Thanks for everyone's kind words lately. I'll see you when I get back. On January 2nd, 2018, we're into the new year now. Wow. Wow. Let me put this two down. years ago. Oh my god. Oh my god. Perfect. Okay, so Ellis went home, you know, to spend time with his families in Montana for the holidays. His families? His families, yes, multiples. His family for the holidays. And almost immediately, he started to feel better. He was less tired, less, you know, foggy. Mm -hmm. And he says, up until now, I haven't really entertained the thought of moving, thinking that David would probably just follow me wherever I go. Which, if it's demonic kind of sounds that way. Yes. He needs an exorcism. Um, Yeah. But when he left for Montana, it did seem like everything was starting to improve. Like, you know, maybe David wouldn't follow him and that it was tied to the apartment and not to him. So he started to relax a little bit. He even started, you know, looking up new apartments for when he got back to New York, thinking... He could get out, and it. Even though he hated, he hated the thought of moving in the middle of winter. He yeah. thought it was probably a really good idea to just go on and get out. Yeah, especially in the middle of winter in New York. Yeah. Yeah. But sadly, the feeling all better didn't last long. He started to feel strange again, and one night when he went up to go to the bathroom, as he was standing in the dark, he couldn't help feeling like there was something moving outside of the bathroom window. It bothers me so much. So, if you scroll down with me... Yes. His parents' bathroom, or I assume he's staying with the parents, but the bathroom looks out into the backyard, and it was, you know, pitch black because he couldn't see anything. And there are animal tracks in the snow, which, Montana, very normal. He was like, I don't know what they are. Deer, elk, What tracks are know. those? I don't know. Looks like a fucking crab claw. What is that? <laughs> it's a crab claw. <laughs> it's too sharp to be deer. But the next night, the same thing happened. He got up in the middle of the night, yada yada, he thought he saw movement in the blackness outside, but this time he stood at the window and stared out, really trying to see what was there and waiting for his eyes to adjust to the darkness. For a long time, he couldn't see anything, but just as he was about to turn away, he saw something kind of lurch off to the other right. The right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> left? <laughs> no, I, tar- I started going to the left. Oh. The actual right. <laughs> Um, and disappear from from view. But because it was too dark, he couldn't make out what type of animal it was. In the morning, as he was... Ooh, that's creepy. That's very... Ooh, that's very creepy. Sorry, guys. This is the first time I'm seeing these pictures. Okay. In the morning, as he was getting out of the shower, he glanced out the window and noticed some tracks behind the garage... And he couldn't tell from the bathroom what they were, so he got dressed and put on his coat and went outside. Obviously, these these are tracks in the snow. 
So they're like very obvious. So those, when he got up close, he saw that they were not tracks, they were footprints. Really small footprints. Oh no. Leading across the backyard and disappearing into a ditch that was out back. Okay, and here is the thing. Um, those are not easy to create because, although they could be moose tracks, but no, they those lead would down be larger. To the ditch. Yeah, they could be deer tracks. No, they would be smaller. I love you trying to uh, come up with explanations. It's fantastic. They're not easy to fake because in the no, shape that they are, they are literally in the shape of a. a but like a shoe. A small and footprint. A child yes. footprint. But they are so close together. Even a child even child's footprints wouldn't be that close together, would they? It depends on how big of steps they're taking. Like I've seen children some children take really small steps when they're not necessarily comfortable with their walking abilities. You know what I mean? Either way, with the fact that it's just a single set of footprints. Yeah. It's not easy to create unless you're like wearing some sort of weird child footprint stilts. Let's hope you're not. Which I doubt that this guy was doing. I mean, that'd be fucking crazy. Yeah. So he was like, what do I do? Do I call the cops and tell them Um, I found footprints in the snow? Those footprints just disappear. Into a ditch. I'm going to throw up. Yeah. So, the last couple of nights that, I, I can't really tell if he means that he was in Montana or back in New York, but Does he, he, says, he says back home, so I think he means Montana. Probably, yeah. He was too scared to leave his room, because if it had been David out in the snow, then that meant that he could follow him anywhere. No matter where he moved, he could follow him. He's hired a medium to try and help him with this, and he still feels him at night. Apparently now, watching him from different corners of the room, well, not now, but like 2018. (laughs) I think they know what you mean, Rachel. (laughs) Um... It's been, and he's, it's been two years and I still been, feel his presence. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. And he says that he's always getting closer and that Ellis wakes up right before something actually happens. Mm. Once he is back in New York, he continues to use the app that takes you know photos every couple of minutes, but nothing showed up originally. And for some reason, it just doesn't work anymore. But he left it running just in case. Up until January 1st, it picked up absolutely nothing except for one thing. He says, last night was particularly bad. I felt sick and had nightmares all night. I dreamed that David was hovering in the corner by the ceiling far off the ground. He was mouthing something, but I couldn't hear any words. Oh, I don't like that. 
Then he was hovering above my bed, staring down at me, his mouth moving faster than it should be. I couldn't move. I could only look up at him. Suddenly... For anyone who is listening, um, I have to keep both of my feet up in my desk chair because I'm afraid something's gonna fucking grab them. I... Okay, go. Suddenly, David plummeted downward and Ellis felt this huge, like, pressure crash into his chest. He woke up gasping, the wind completely knocked out of him, and he sat up looking, you know, around frantically and trying to catch his breath, but there was nothing there. What keeps happening? What? What happens for you? Your light is flickering. Hmm? You're flickering. Oh. Sorry. What's going on? I don't know. Okay. When... Oh, Grace, you're not gonna like the picture. Okay. When Ellis could finally catch his breath, he grabbed his phone from the dresser, and the photo roll showed nothing except for the last picture that was taken just a moment before. Oh, I got goosebumps. What is... And it is showing what I can only assume is David. No. It looks like he has landed (laughs) on top of Ellis. It looks like he's spooning him. (laughs) So. Oh no. I can't. At this point, Ella says, I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss here. I just don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um. At this point, I'm just going to read the rest of his tweets because I don't know how to reword them. Go for it. So on January 16th, 2018, because we're into the new year, Ellis says, sorry for the long delay. Honestly, I wasn't sure I was going to tweet again. After what happened a couple of weeks ago, everything stopped. Well, sort of. I wasn't having dreams anymore and I was feeling better. I was sleeping through the night again. You know, big feet. That was great. Actually, I was feeling great. I still do. But things have been sort of weird too. It's hard to explain. I'll try, but I don't know if any of it makes sense. Basically, as good as things have been for the past couple of weeks, I can't shake the feeling that something is off. Like I've been sleeping fine and I have lots of energy during the day, but sometimes I seem to sort of lose time, I guess. Like I'll look up at the clock and realize a whole hour has gone by and I don't remember any of it. Or I'll mishear someone and ask them to, to repeat what they said, but they'll say they didn't say anything. Little stuff like that, but after what I've been through, it's not a big deal. Despite all of that, I felt ready to put it all behind me. When all of this goes on, he had apparently posted something to his story at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was hanging out with a friend on a Saturday, and he was posting pictures, you know, their lunch, what they were doing together, 
you know, selfies, dorky stuff like that. Like, he's a super major mega dork. And they're, as he says, they're totally boring brunch photos. But he posted one more photo of him and his friend before leaving, and that was that. But, oh, that's creepy. Okay, (laughs) scroll down and look at this picture, this third picture that he posted, and look at the image that is over it. I have goosebumps Uh, right now. I don't like this. Are you talking about the, like, messed up, like, Uh green and pink one? Green and pink, yep. Um, I don't know. He says, I have no clue what happened. It looked perfectly fine on my phone when I uploaded it. I'd say it was just a glitch, but I can't make sense of what's happening with my face. Yeah. (sighs) He says, maybe I can. I know what it looks like, but it's what it probably is, but I don't know if I care anymore. I just really want things to be normal again, and things feel normal enough for right now. I don't know. I guess I'll keep you updated if something else happens. Then there is a video. And it's just this kitty cat meowing. Oh. So basically, after that last picture, everything has been fine. There's been really no other posts. And on March 12th, 2018, his very last post regarding this topic says, For everyone asking if I'm alive... I'm doing okay. It's been pretty quiet around here lately, and I've been trying to focus on work. Of course, I'll keep you updated if anything strange happens, but for now, I'm staying busy with drawing and other projects. You didn't even mention that please don't worry about me. I'm okay, and everything will be like it was before. Well, he says I'm doing okay. (laughs) Please don't worry about me. I'm okay, and everything will be like it was before. Which is just ominous. And then he posted another video. I don't like I don't like you. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) But that is pretty much the story of Dear David. There is one other development. It seems they're making a movie about it. He has signed a contract on it from the Bustle article, wherever the heck it is. So, it's in the works. Not been completed yet, but keep an eye out. And other than that, totally check out Adam Ellis's artwork, because I laugh every time. And definitely something to look at after listening to this. So, seriously, (laughs) go look. Okay, so... (laughs) If it is not real... Mm-hmm. That is one of the best Twitter threads I've ever read in my life. I know, right? It's well thought out. It's the right amount of creepy. It is like perfect, per- perfect marketing campaign in order for him to get a movie. I don't know what else could get somebody to start liking your your artwork than to have some sort of creepy, mysterious story. Right. But see, though, he already had such a following from just his comics alone but still but just like a, a genuine a general following doesn't mean that like you're gonna get enough notoriety and i mean that's true oh. that is true 
The other thing about Dear David, though, is that, like, there's a doll. And when people hear about her, like, you, f you start feeling sick, you start feeling, like, icky, like, you feel it's sick awful. and icky. Yeah, it's awful to listen to. That's how the story makes me feel, except I don't feel like that. I feel like a ridiculous amount of fear that you really shouldn't even feel for something like this, just hearing about it secondhand, like through mm -hmm. a podcast, and it still makes me very nervous. Even well, not, it's, also, it's also the videos. The videos are horrible. Even not hearing... Uh, or even not seeing the pictures or videos, it's still so creepy to me. And ugh, it's just like hearing the stories like gives me that that weird fear. Mm-hmm. Is it Peggy? It's Peggy the doll. Yeah, it's Peggy the doll. Oh, Peggy well. haunted Peggy the doll causes people to look at her to get. Pussies. To get, uh, yeah, it reportedly triggers. Can't even look at her. Gross. Um, yeah, it's Peggy cool. the doll. Cool, 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 cool. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Myths and Misfortunes, or Twitter at Myths Misfortune. Or you can search for us using our full name, Myths and Misfortunes. We do pop up. You can also send us an email to mythsandmisfortunes at gmail.com. Also, follow us on our website, mythsandmisfortunes.com. Our music was composed by McKean Fulbright, and our art was created by Heather Marie Adkins. Their websites can be found in the description below. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean a lot to us. Especially on iTunes, you guys don't know how much itunes affects podcasters everything. <laughs> yes everything Ugh. all right thanks so much for listening guys yes we really appreciate you all bye, bye. bye.